It's time for another episode of The Drop Podcast, recorded live at the spacious lineupmedia.fm studios in Edwardsville, Illinois. The Drop is an unbiased, in-depth hockey podcast dedicated to the St. Louis Blues and all the hot topics within the NHL. So tell the ref, you don't mind the game misconduct penalty. You are headed to the locker room anyway to listen to The Drop. Here's your host, Lance DeScott. It is so nice to have everyone here again for another episode of the Drop Podcast. I am your host, Lance Descott, and in this uh, episode, we're going to be going over the game recap between the Blues versus the Wild, which was played on Thursday, January 26th of 2017. The Blues had just been coming off that huge win against Pittsburgh, where, like I said in my last podcast, I think it was the, the best game they played. Complete game from goaltending to defense to taking advantage of the opportunities that were given to them by the Penguins. We were hoping that they would continue that against the Wild. We, we weren't sure because this team, as we know, has been very inconsistent. They play great a game or two, and they really look like they could be one of the best teams in the NHL. And then they come back and they'll lay an egg, or they'll come back and be competitive, but just make a little too many mistakes and lose a game. Which team would we get before the All-Star break and the final game for the Blues before that? Would we get the team that played against the Edmonton Oilers and looked really bad? Would we get the team that played against the Washington Capitals and looked really bad? Would we get the team that uh, played against San Jose and looked like world beaters and against Anaheim and looked like world beaters? Well, to start the game, we would get a team that looked really, really good. Uh, they were uh, playing with a good pace against uh, the Wild. The Wild are quick and fast, not just fast, but they seem to be very quick this year. It's, it's a lot of the same players they had last year, but this is a different team, Minnesota Wild team this year. They're playing with a purpose, and uh, they are atop the Western Conference right now and the Central Division. Going into last night's game, I believe the Blues were 14 points behind them. I may be mistaken. I hadn't looked at the standings for a day or two, but uh, the Blues are far behind them and the Blackhawks and are slowly slipping and are now one of the wild card teams. And in points wise, they are tied with Calgary for the wild card um, two teams. But behind them is about four teams. It's only three points separate, three or four points separates the Blues, Calgary. And then we've got, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, we've got Vancouver and other teams like that that are trying to get into the playoffs. So the Blues will have to uh, come back at the uh, after the All-Star break and play really well and make a statement, and they needed a statement in this game. They did in the first period. They were playing physical. They were playing just as good as the Wild. And uh, Dubnik, as we know, is one of the best goaltenders. Uh, but it's between him and Holtby, in my mind. They're both very similar goalies. Uh, they take great angles to their shots. They uh, watch their five-hole big time. They're very good on their five-hole. Uh, don't let a lot of goals go through on the five-hole. You know, you can get them now and again. Very disciplined goaltenders. They will let you make that move before they make your move. And that's why Holtby and Dubnik are one and two. And in fact, in the last two, three years, they've been that way. So the Wild have got their goaltending situation sewn up. The Blues, on the other hand, are, don't know what they're going to do. Carter Hutton got the start last night. Uh, Jake Allen was back on the bench after sending uh, Copley back down to the Chicago Wolves. Sorry, back up to the Chicago Wolves. 
Um, they decided to go ahead and put Allen on the bench in case something happened. And uh, after the first period, it didn't look like there would be any need for Jake Allen to even think about coming into the game. We were tied zero to zero. And it looked like the Blues, you know, really had a good game plan, a great game plan against Minnesota. However, it seems as Minnesota had an even better game plan and they were able to take the opportunity to get on the board first with this goal just about 23 seconds in to the second period to really deflate the Blues. But Jake Allen will have more time to work on his game and hopefully when he comes back, he'll be fresher and ready to go once again. Here comes Parisi across the hole. He scores! Well, this is a turnover by the St. Louis Blues. Early on in the period, Colton Pareko's on his backhand, running out of real estate. Good job by the Minnesota Wild to squeeze him off. Parisi's able to pick that puck up, finds Eric Halla. No chance for Carter Hutton whatsoever, but look at the Wild. They're hounding that puck in a neutral zone, taking the time and space away from Colton Pareko. Once he's on his backhand, hard to recover, and a great pass by Parisi, and Halla makes no mistake putting that pass in outstretched Carter Hutton. That goal was a direct uh, effect of Colton Pareko taking it out of his end uh, on his backhand and not switching it over to his forehand because they were just putting so much pressure on him. Uh, he was pushed into the boards by two uh, wild players, forced into the boards, I guess you could say. And uh, they took it out of their neutral zone and Pareko brought it in and was able to uh, to get the puck to Eric Halla. Uh, that was Eric Halla's 10th goal. Brazy's 14th assist and Pominville's 17th assist. And that is just 23 seconds into the second period. Bad goal to give up. We know the Blues have had issues giving these goals up early in the period and late in the period. And it seems to continue. But the Blues uh, didn't let that get to them. You know, they looked a little down when it happened. But uh, they would continue to play that game that they played in the first period and uh, they were looking for a spark. They needed to get back into the game, and they got a spark on this breakaway goal by Vladimir Tarasenko. Just beautiful. Scandella has his shot blocked by Lutera. And now Tarasenko on a breakaway, moving it on Dubnik. He scores! Well, this is a huge goal for Vladimir Tarasenko. No goals in his last eight games was trying hard to get one in the Pittsburgh game, wasn't able to get it. A good job here, a quick up, and Tarasenko in alone on a breakaway is able to sneak this one past Devin Dubnik, but a good job by the Blues to quick up it, and you see he puts it five hole on Devin Dubnik. You almost wonder if Dubnik thought he was gonna deke to his forehand, and right as he opened up, Tarasenko was able to snap that one quickly through Devin Dubnik's five hole. Yeah, Dubnik was not able to close the five hole, and I agree with uh, the announcer, he just, it seemed like he thought he was going to go to his backhand and then he realized he wasn't. And by the time he started to close the five hole, it was already between his legs and past him. You could tell he was very disappointed letting that one in. And as I've said earlier, uh, Dubnik does not let a lot of goals in through his five hole. He just doesn't. I mean, he doesn't let a lot of goals in to begin with his goals against average before going into this game was 1.91. And I believe his save percentage was just a nasty I mean, just a nasty mean point nine three three, a nine thirty three save percentage is unheard of. So this guy's a good goaltender, and he let one in that I'm sure he'd love to have back. But Tarasenko wouldn't give it back. I mean, that was a high skill, high skill goal, goal scorer's goal. Knew exactly what he was doing. Tarasenko's first goal, I believe, in eight games. 
uh, for his 21st goal. Schwartz gets his 18th assist. Laterra gets his uh, ninth assist. And Laterra last night was playing that more of a physical game like he played in Pittsburgh. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's what the Blues need out of him uh, going forward. You know, he's not the fastest guy in the world. In fact, I've compared him to being, you know, slower than my grandma. But when he can play that physical game in the corner and just bug the crap out of people, then he's valuable to the Blues. And when he does it, man, he's, he's just awesome. He did it against Crosby the other night when they won three to nothing. And I don't think Crosby knew what hit him. Uh, the rest of the period for the next seven, eight minutes would be pretty evenly played. Both teams would have some good opportunities. Hutton made a couple good saves. Dubnik continued to stay strong. But then right around, uh, I would say, right around the 10-minute mark, Minnesota looked like they turned it on another, I don't know, another speed or another quickness, started putting some pressure on Hutton, and that pressure paid off uh, 12 minutes and 19 seconds in on this goal by Tyler Gravick to give uh, Minnesota the lead 2-1. to one. And then it was Vladimir Tarasenko on a breakaway for St. Louis. Niederreiter to the net. Throws in front. Score! Graham Well, you see the speed of the Minnesota Wild and what they can do when they get the puck in transition. You see Dumber right here, head up, gets the puck moving north, and in flight, Nito Niederreiter picks his puck up. A great move from his forehand, backhand, back to forehand. He throws it out in front. He loses the puck as he takes it to the net, but stays with it. Doesn't quit on the play. He's able to throw that in front, and it goes off of Grayovac and into the net. Carter Hutton looking for a kicking call. And I'm sure they'll take a look at it to make sure that there was no distinct kicking motion. Sad to say for the Blues, there was no distinctive kicking motion. It was could have been close, but uh, it just looked like uh, <clears throat> Gravak was uh, just trying to stop. I don't think he intentionally uh, swiped his foot in a kicking-type motion to uh, put the goal in. And it's a tough goal for the Blues to fall behind on 3-1 uh, to one so quickly. It's... Uh, you know, the Blues are really needing to, to get a spark to come back after that because I'm telling you, that goal didn't deflate him completely. You know, they continue to play well after that. Um, but it just kind of a little bit deflated him. Uh, the goal was uh, Grevek's fourth goal, Nita Ryder's 20th assist, and Doomba's 15th assist, 12 minutes and 19 seconds into the second period. And, um, you know, we've got a two to one game. The Blues really want to be able to uh, come back and tie this game. They played well for the next few minutes, but things just are not going to go way, their way tonight. And the Wild will get this goal just 12 seconds left in the second period to take a three to one lead going into the third period. Like I said, those early goals and late goals are killing the Blues and this one really killed them coming out of the second period into the third. 20 seconds remaining in the period. Out in front, Nita Ryder had it taken away by Bortuzzo. Pareko tied up by Koivu in front for Granlin. And the save by Hutton. And then they score! 
this is just terrific work by the Minnesota Wild. In this unit, it's been the hot unit for the for the Wild on the power play. It's second effort. That's all it is. Nino Niederreiter, Miko Koivu, look at them hound the puck here in a battle. Bortuzzo, Niederreiter, Niederreiter's like, that's my puck. He beats him, wins that battle. Then look at Miko Koivu, wins that battle, gets the puck in front to Mikhail Granlin. Koivu returns to the front of the net, is able to pick up the loose change and put it home. This is nothing but hard work by the Minnesota Wild. You can talk about skill, you can talk about ability. This is all about heart, and the Minnesota Wild in this particular shift in the power play had all the heart in the world. Good job by Koivu, good job by Niederreiter, and Koivu picks up the prize in the end. You just cannot give a team a power play opportunity when you're down by one goal. It can really hurt you and get the game out of reach quickly. And you can't do that with just a couple minutes left in the period. The, you know, you, they're going to score against you in most chances. And the Blues have had that issue this year. And the Wild, they take advantage of it. I mean, they get a goal with 12 seconds left, 19 minutes and 48 seconds in to the second period that gives them a commanding 3-1 to one lead on the power play goal by Koivu, his 15th. Granlin gets his 30th assist. Man, this team's playing well. Niederreiter gets his 21st assist. The Blues were hoping to come back and tie it going into the third, but now they're behind 3-1 to one going into the third. It's crunch time. They need to come out and make a statement and say, hey, we're still in this game. We're going we're gonna to come back on you guys and put Minnesota on their heels. Well, that didn't happen. More continued defensive breakdowns, and just a minute 29 in, Niederreiter gets his 15th goal here in the third period. The flex along for Stahl. Now Niederreiter, who has two assists tonight, shoots, he scores! A three-point game for Niederreiter, 4-1, Minnesota. Well, this is a goal that Carter Hutton would like to have back. For all the good saves that he's made in this hockey game, this is a shot that he has to come up with as Niederreiter gets his puck coming down the left wing. And there's no screen, there's no redirection. This is a shot from the outside that just simply eludes Carter Hutton. As we get a look from the goalie view right here, he's well out of his crease. His positioning is good. He just missed it. And Niederreiter, that just backs up the claim when they say, just put the puck on net, good things can happen. Niederreiter did that and got the fortunate breakthrough Carter Hutton's arm. Yeah, that was an example of Carter Hutton just being a little bit off position, and that's what allowed that shot to go in through his arm. Uh, you know, Carter Hutton had a lot of pressure on him last night, but he did give up a couple soft goals. I would say two or three of those goals were probably ones he'd love to have back. Mishandled the puck on rebounds, but I'm not going to take anything away from the Wild. They played the game they needed to to be able to beat the Blues, and uh, including that goal there against um, Hutton. Yeah, the Blues are now down 4-1 to one early in the um, third period. Niederreiter's 15th goal. And Stahl, we haven't mentioned Stahl tonight, his 25th assist. And Coyle, his 25th assist. And with a 4-1 to one lead, you know, Minnesota can play the game they want to play right now. They can just kind of stay back and move the puck around to waste some time. And that's exactly what they were started to do right after this goal. But uh, another opportunity would come to them. And it would give him a 5-1 to one lead on uh, this goal by uh, Granlund. Probably going to go back to the bench and start yelling at the equipment manager. Right. <laughs> Here comes Zucker. Zucker. 
in front. Hutton keeps it out. And then another save. And now they score. Five to one wild. Two early goals here in period three. Well, the speed and the tenacity of the Minnesota Wild is just too much to handle for the Pittsburgh Penguins right now. The first chance for the Wild here at Zucker. Speed takes it around the net. Ends up losing the puck. Couple of chances on goal for Hutton. He gets out of position after that second save and Granlin's able to pick up the loose change. And we're gonna have a goaltending change as Hutton will come out and Jake Allen will go in. So the Wild take a five to one lead on that goal by Granlin. That would be Granlin's 12th goal of the year. Uh, Spurgeon got his 16th assist and Zucker got his 19th assist. And it was just about 50 seconds later after Nita Ryder's goal to give them a 4-1 to lead. And they now have a 5-1 to lead after Granlin's goal. At this point, they bring in Jake Allen, which I know some people thought was great. I can understand it in a way. Let's get this guy some time, give him a little bit of confidence. And it went okay. He didn't allow any more goals, but it could have also went very badly. Let's say you put him in. And um, the bombardment just continues and they get three goals on four shots or four goals on five shots. That doesn't help his psyche at all. Not at all. It ended up working out for the Blues and um, went in a positive fashion. He didn't allow any more goals. But then again, I don't think he was really challenged that much after that because uh, Minnesota kind of went into a defensive uh, uh back end and, and front end and tried to waste some time with the puck. They still tried to score, but it, they you could tell they weren't putting the pressure on that they did earlier against Hutton. So uh, the Blues would not get any more real pressure on Dubnik, uh, maybe a couple shots. But uh, as I said earlier, with a 1.91 goals against and a safe percentage of 0.933 going into this game, he doesn't give up much. And that goal by Tarasenko was all he gave up. Just an impressive game. Uh, by the wild uh, they really showed why they are um the number one team in the west at this point and i don't think there's any arguments over it you, you can't argue that fact they're better than chicago they're better than the the, the predators uh, in my mind i think they're better than san jose and honestly they're better than the kings they're better than anaheim they've got a complete game uh plan for you when you play them it's pressure, 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 quick to the puck, quick to the puck. And that's their game plan. And when it works, it works very, very well. I mean, this team can get beat, but if they play their system similar to the Blues, if the Blues play their system, you're going to normally have a pretty good outcome. But the Blues have just not been playing their system for a complete game consistently. We've seen games where they have against Pittsburgh, against San Jose, and against... Um, Anaheim, where they played their system, and they played great games, and they look like one of the best teams in the NHL, but when they don't play that, they look like one of the worst teams in the NHL, and right now, they can't get any consistency. You know, you wanted to have, go into the All-Star break with a 2 to nothing, uh, 2-0 and winning streak, but it just wasn't going to happen, and the Blues lose 5-1. to With a win, Minnesota improves to 32-11-5. Uh, the Blues fall to 24-20-5. Shots on goal, Minnesota had the edge at 33 shots to 25 shots for the Blues. The Blues' uh, power play was a null and void last night, 0 for 2. Uh, Minnesota was 1 for 2. Face-offs were pretty even. The Blues actually won that by two percentage points, 51 to 49%. The lone bright spot was Tarasenko getting his 21st goal, Schwartz getting assist, and Laterra getting assist. Hutton allowed five goals on 30 shots. 
So it shows you that Jake Allen only faced three shots. So it's not like he was really bombarded. Hala got a goal his 10th of the season. Gravik got his uh, goal his fourth of the season. Koivu got a power play goal his 15th. Niederreiter got a goal and two assists. I would say that uh, he would be the star of the game if you're looking for both teams there. Uh, Granlin got a goal his 12th. And Dubnik uh, just played an awesome game. Played his normal controlled game. Um, didn't expend a lot of energy. Uh, and he doesn't have to because he gets in the position properly and make sure he's taking those angles away and knows what his team's going to do with the puck in their end and has a pretty good idea what the other team's tendencies are too. So some great goaltending by Minnesota, some mistakes by Carter Hutton on rebounds and not being able to control the puck and also being in the wrong position, the wrong angle on certain shots. And the Blues defense did not play well at all. Several breakdowns, uh, the one by uh, Pareko that led to the uh, – uh, first goal of the game, uh, just you can't do that. Uh, Bo Meester couldn't get back in time, and Pareko was all turned around by the time he could. And the Blues have got a lot to improve in um, from going into this game coming after the All-Star break. Let's go ahead and get into the uh, interviews after the game with Petrangelo and Steen to see what they think about this game and moving forward. It's extremely frustrating when, uh, yeah, we have an opportunity to come back in third and grab it and uh, let them set the tone in the third. It's got to be us setting the tone. We're in that position. What do you have? What do you think happened there? Some breakdowns. I mean, the structure was so good the other night. Maybe not so tonight. Yeah, a couple. Uh, didn't think we worked hard enough in our end. A couple of good, you know, opportunities. Uh, that's all it came down to. Do you feel like we're the teams that heading in the break? Yeah. I wish we were in a better spot. I mean, um, something to build off last game. Tonight's effort's not good enough. So we got a couple of days really look in the mirror and um, we're going to have to because we play a lot of hockey here in the second half and we can't afford uh, situations like this. That's the goal. But we don't have a choice right now but to have it help us I think we got to uh, make sure like I said we take a look in the mirror and everyone's got to come back with a fresh mind and be better. Yeah it's different reasons. Biggest one is inconsistency in our continuity here. You and how we uh, collectively, um, you know, they play a more detailed game than us. Yeah. So you said there's a more detailed game to win than you tonight. Do you think that's an issue then of planning as well as execution? Yeah, I, I mean, it's we, we just got to play better. Uh, that's the bottom line. The structure was so good the other night against Pittsburgh. Any reason why it couldn't be? Is it because you said Minnesota's so detailed it's hard to play like you did the other night? Um, no, this, it's uh, – uh, how do I explain it? It's not um, It's not their details. It's ours. We stop uh, doing the important things and, and it comes back to bite us uh, on a couple goals. And then, uh, you know, obviously Minnesota gets the momentum and the and – the, uh, the atmosphere in the building, and um, for us, it's it's you got to dig deeper on those details of the game and and, and chip away at the game. And, and uh, tonight we didn't. So before the All Star break, the Blues lose this game to the Wild five to one, and in their last two are one and one. A great game against Pittsburgh, and then a not so great game with a lot of uh, mental mistakes, uh, defensive lapses, uh, goalie errors uh, that caused this game to be the way it was. 
The uh, Blues are hoping afterwards that uh, some hometown cooking will get them back to where they need to be. Uh, on the Tuesday, they'll play the Winnipeg Jets at home. Then Thursday, the Maple Leafs and Austin Matthews, who in my mind, I like Patrick Laine, and I know that um, Connor McDavid has you know, been in the league a couple of years now. I put my money on Austin Matthews when 15 years down the road, who's going to have the better career. I honestly think it's going to be Austin Matthews. I'm really impressed with this kid. Handles himself well with the media, with the fans, just an all-around um all around player, and I think uh, Toronto there has got a, a great player and a great gym for the future there. And uh, hopefully, the Blues can slow him down and the rest of the team and get a win at home. And then the team the Blues really dominated, the Pittsburgh Penguins, are going to be home at the Scott Trade Center for the Blues. And I'm sure they're going to be wanting some vengeance uh, after that game. Uh, Phil Kessel and Crosby were not happy with the way they played, they felt they could have played much better. So they've got some tough games coming up here after the break, and they really, really need to not play 500 from now on. This team has to play probably 6 to 625 if they want to really, really solidify a playoff position. If they keep you know winning one, losing one, winning two, losing three, they could be in a lot of trouble, guys, and they could find themselves out of the playoffs, which is sad, sad to say. I hope it doesn't happen. I think they've got the players and the system there to where it shouldn't happen. And if they follow that system, uh, they'll win a lot of games, but they've just had so many mental breakdowns. They've got to continue to improve. So with that being said, let's get into the all-star game. I'm just going to be real brief with it. You know, the NHL has went with this three on three because it's more offense and the fans like more offense. I think offense is great. Uh, but I think Gary Bettman is clueless and an idiot when it comes to marketing this game with uh, the marketing firm they hired, which, if I'm not mistaken, is the same one that, that markets the NFL. I might be wrong, but I'm almost positive it's the same one. And I don't know what they're doing, but they are not marketing the NHL the way they do the NFL. And I know you got to market them a little bit different because it's a different individual and a different ticket buyer, a different souvenir type buyer than football. But I'm going to tell you one thing. Why mess so much with an all-star game? This would be like if football and their um, <clears throat> Pro Bowl would decide to go with one running back, three linemen on each side, and uh, one, uh, two wide receivers and two defensive ends, and then they could switch it up if they wanted to and have one wide receiver and one tight end. But uh, that'd be stupid. No, no, nobody would want to see that. Uh, uh, well, we'd increase scoring. Gary Bettman, get this through your head. Most fans that want to see seven, you know, consistent six to five games normally have not been hockey fans for a long time. Most hockey fans love to see a high-scoring game now and again, six to five, five to four, eight to six. Hey, I've been a fan since I was six years old, and I love those type of back-and-forth games. I don't want it for every game. I also like those zero to zero going into the third period where each team has had great chances. And, but it's just great goaltending and the defense has come back to make some great adjustments. You know, you can have a great zero to zero game. That's just as much fun to watch as a six to five game. You can have a three to three game. That's just as much fun to watch. I don't know what everybody's fascination is with, Oh, we can't have these low scoring games. People won't come. It's boring. Yes. There may be some boring games. 
I've seen some zero to zero games that are very boring. I've seen some three to three games that are kind of boring. But for the most part, and for most fans, if the game is competitive and it's just a tough battled game, whether it's a tough battle six to five, whether it's a tough battle one to nothing, two to one, zero to zero going into OT, those fans enjoy that game. Stop messing with it. Do I think it's cool? To see a lot a lot of goals in the all-star game? Yes, yeah, somewhat. You can see the players' real talent when it's three to three. But have that as an exhibition type. Call it the three-on-three three exhibition or something. And and do that for uh, five minutes the day before with a couple different teams. It gets fans excited. They get to see those goals. But please, I would like to see them go back to the normal five-on-five. It's just, it's more like the real game. And yeah, you want to be entertained at an all-star game, but that other stuff with the hardest shot and the fastest skater and so on and so forth, that's what the fans want to see, the side entertainment, the side shows, I guess you could call them. But I will guarantee you that my voice is probably not the majority. Um, You know, like I said, I don't hate it, the three-on-three. I just don't think it's real hockey. And you shouldn't have it representing your all-star game. You shouldn't change it so much to where it really looks nothing like the regular game. I mean, you don't see baseball having two outfielders and two infielders. You don't see them taking players away to cause more offense. You don't see basketball doing that with a center, a forward, and a guard. Uh, Maybe I shouldn't give them those ideas. Maybe they'll do something stupid like that. But anyway, if you're a fan of it, I hope you enjoy it. I'll watch it and, you know, like some of the scoring and like to see some of the talent. But for a whole game, I'd, I'd like to see the 515 back. <laughs> Whether you're with me or against me, email me and let me know. Uh, Sarah, at the end of the show, will let you know where you can reach us. And please, you know, hey, if you think I'm stupid, please tell me that. If you think I'm dead on, tell me that too. If you've got some other ideas about the All-Star game that you think would be neat, pass those on to me. Uh, The crew here will definitely respond to you and get back to you because we appreciate every emailer. We appreciate every listener. We appreciate everybody that downloads the shows. Um, You know, you guys are all great to us, and uh, you're the reason why we're here. With that being said, let's wrap up this episode of the Blues uh, versus Wild Game Recap. We will see everybody after the all-star break uh, when the blues will take on the Winnipeg jets on Tuesday at home. If you're in the St. Louis area, get tickets and hopefully the blues can start another winning streak and get consistent. Cause that's it folks. This team gets consistent and plays consistent. We won't have to worry about the playoffs. We won't even be talking about a wild card and I will be talking about a third or fourth seed. If they continue to be inconsistent, we're going to be talking about a wild card or possibly out of the playoffs. So let's wish them the best. Let's support them uh, and watch them on TV if you can. Go to a bar, have a good time, and watch them go down to the game and just you know enjoy the team that we have. I want to thank everybody for joining me for this episode. I've been your host, Lance Descott. Have a great rest of your week and your weekend. Enjoy the all-star game, whether you're for the three-on-three or whether you want it back to five-on-five. Doesn't matter to me. Enjoy it either way. Have a few frosty beverages, but drink responsibly and see everybody back here uh, next Wednesday for that game recap against the Jets. And to finish it off, guys, 
Let's go blues. This has been the Drop Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe or download this episode and past episode on iTunes, ShoutEngine.com, and Stitcher.com. You can follow us on Twitter at OfficialTheDrop. For more information about lineupmedia.fm or The Drop Podcast, email us at info at lineupmediagroup.com or at theofficialdrop at gmail.com. Until next time, let's go blues! Blues!